Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sound Off podcast. Today, I'm Josh Evanoff. He is the one and only Angel Ortega. It is a jam-packed show, ladies and gentlemen. UFC Vegas, Bellator, more UFC, and obviously the recap of statistically one of the biggest boxing events of all time, Triller Fight Club. Before we get into that and more, I would talk to you guys about our sponsor of the show, Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. They have the premium stack in the form of a delicious energy and focus drink. It's designed to replace unhealthy candy drinks, coffee, and even traditional pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Rogue Energy from the emerging professional competitive gaming market and continues to have a fantastic career over and success with students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Last Saturday night from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, the card nobody watched, um, which we'll get into for reasons later. Uh, however, we did go ahead and watch it for purposes of the show. Main event, Robert Whitaker securing that title shot, defeating Kelvin Gaslam via a dominant unanimous decision, picking up 50-45 on all judges' scorecards. Angel, my man, it is about as flawless as a performance that you could possibly have, and seemingly securing that title shot against Israel Adesanya once again. Uh, former champs coming back for his belt. What do you think about his performance on Saturday night? You're muted, bud. <laughs> Dude, I was so excited when you started talking to me, too. I was so energetic. You have no idea. No, but yeah, okay. as far as the performance, it was it was stellar, right? What else do you want out of him? It, it just goes to show, right, that there's no one else in this division who should be getting that title shot. Yeah, not even close. Um, but hey, I, I'm pretty sure even Marvin Vittori, who's always angry, was kind of conceded to the idea that Whitaker deserves it next. And Izzy even said, you know, good job, my son. Uh, kind of continuing his odd one-sided rivalry with, with Whitaker. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, he's getting that title shot. Did he do enough on Saturday night to kind of – I mean, we talked about it on the show before. He, he pretty much got demolished inside of two rounds against Izzy. Did he do enough on Saturday night to kind of put you into that mindset where maybe you could see a second fight potentially going differently? Uh, I mean, not to preview it, but – it's tough, man. It's a hard fight for him regardless because of the outcome. But I think he he has he has a better chance now, right? He, he's been in there once. He he has he's gone to see more. He's seen Izzy lose. Um, it's just dependent of whether or not he uh, makes those adjustments or not, dude. Um, but he is warranted for a rematch. I mean, he deserves it. There's no one else in this division who need, deserves it more than him right now. No, of course not. And I think the Whitaker kind of made – I mean, I'm not, we're not going to preview it because, you know, we're months away from the fight. But I think he kind of made that mistake watching Gaslam have all that success of just blitzing forward. And he's a guy that you can't do the same strategy against twice. Um, and Whitaker ultimately paid the price. He didn't get demolished like everybody – I just said he got demolished. I mean, he kind of did, but you know what I mean. Um, he didn't get blown – out of there. I mean, he had his success. He had his moments where he kind of picked and chose his shots. And that was whenever he was having his best success. It was really whenever he was kind of blitzing in that he kind of got destroyed, obviously getting knocked down with a left hook at the end of round one, and obviously getting knocked out with that same left hook 
early on in the second round. Um, so ultimately, man, I'm, I'm excited for a rematch. He's deserved it for a while now. Uh, there's only so many times that like Izzy can pick out a guy to be the next title challenger and for them to only lose. So, <laughs> right, uh, Whitaker it is, um, and I'm hyped for it, man. As far as the rest of the card, Slim Pickens, my guy. Um, uh, obviously, the co-main events. <laughs> Angel, if the people did not watch, um, the co- now we're not talking about the co-main event. What actually happened? Co-main event got canceled. Day of Angel, my man. What uh, what happened with Jakar Ellis and Jeremy Stevens? Jeremy Stevens might have got the quickest finish in UFC history, quicker than Ben Askren versus uh, Jorge Masvidal, dude. <laughs> he he did it in negative eighteen hours. Incredible. Incredible, dude. I mean, I don't think that record's ever gonna be broken, Josh. For one. Oh, not even close. So <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> if you guys didn't watch, um, Jeremy Stevens, Jakar Ellis at the ceremonial weigh-ins i'm not sure why they still have these fucking things right uh, because there's no there's no crowd there um for the stare down it's kind of just to build hype i guess and jeremy stevens and jacarco has built too much hype uh stevens basically went up they got face to face close his hands were behind his back and jeremy stevens gave him a really hard shove uh and basically he gave him a concussion. He gave him like a cervical. So I, I didn't read like the actual diagnosis, but it was something like relating to his neck, basically whiplash, and he was out of the fight. Um, so instead of that as our co-main event, we got Andre Avlarski piecing up another young fool, uh, <laughs> picking up his 31st win. Um, what did you think about that as the co-main? Oh, dude, I thought it was going to be a little bit better than what it ended up being. I mean, it's still good. I mean, hey, man, good for Andre Arlovsky. For sure, man. Third win in his last four fights. Um, he just keeps on trucking along, man. I mean, he is 42 years old. He has 20 losses. We've gone, we've gone through at least three or four Arlovsky comeback trains. Do you know what I mean? Like, and this is one of them. <laughs> this is one of them. I mean, this is statistically his best, his best stretch since like 2015. And before that, I mean, like he he had a renaissance after. In 20, 2011 to 2015, after losing like four straight via knockout, like and then he got kicked out of the UFC after losing to fucking not losing. He lost to Sylvia twice and then beat Jacob Ryan and then left the UFC. Like he's he's had so many times where he's just like seems like he's out and he's done. And then boom, I mean he's back again through winning his last four fights, picking up whenever Chase Sherman. He's, he's a pretty good dude, you know. Came back uh, looking pretty good. Um, regardless, so as far as the rest of the card, man, I mean. What do you want to talk about? Oh, man, dude. It, 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 it was rough, dude. The fight that we both looked forward to ended up getting... Ended up being a fucking shit show, dude. Yeah. At the end. Alexander Romanoff, Juan Espino. I mean, Alexander Romanoff, you know, keeping his undefeated record, dude. But just, once again, dude, a terrible... I mean, I think it was everything that was supposed to be done in that situation was done right. But, man, what a what a crappy way for it to end, dude. Did you give the scorecards? I didn't look so at I them, did. and I didn't. I didn't give mm. the scorecard. Okay. I think I had a 1-1, if I remember right. 1-1 going into that third round, probably. Yeah, and I thought Espino was winning that third round, so. There you go. But, man, that that sucked. Um, Jessica Benet picked up a nice win. That was a, that was a nice little scrap um, on against Lupita Gunines. Uh, picking up a split win, her first fight in four years, my man. Um, good for her. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of crazy to put in perspective because you don't think 
it doesn't feel like that long ago that I saw her that we saw her fight. That's four years ago on the undercard of Cub Swanson versus Artem Lobov. Oh my god. That that card holds like a special place in my heart because I'm not sure if you, I mean if you want to pull up the Wikipedia page right now, just bangers up and down, my man. I mean, Cub Swanson, Artem Lobov, that was a really fun fight. Ally Quinton knocked out Diego Sanchez. OSP got another Von Von Flu choke. Dodson Wideland, Stevie Ray, Joe Lozon, Mike Perry, Jake Ellenberger, Sam Alvey, Thomas Leite, like just so on and so forth. It was a banger of a card. Um so yeah, man, that, that card holds a special place in my heart. But shout out to her picking up the first win in four years. Tracy Cortez got a win. Luis Pena got a win. Jalen Mearshart getting only the second, only two finishes out of ten fights. That was one of them. Getting a nice submission win. Uh, and then, dude, I got I got to talk about it because he's probably going to cut from the UFC after this. Probably the last time we'll talk about this man. Yeah. Abdul Hazak Al Hassan, just heartbreaking, man. Um, how his career's kind of gone after uh, just just kind of a con- controversy, uh, to put it lightly. Um, basically false allegations of rape. If you guys did not follow the story, uh, he's, he was 10 and one in 10 and one in the UC, uh, won four of his five fights, all of them being via knockout, only lost to a Mariak Medov. Anyways, he had to lose, you know, a couple of years of his career because of that came back and he just not look like the same guy, man. And, uh, I think losing to a four and one Jacob Malkoon kind of, you know, I wasn't even close. I was like 30, 26 in my eyes. So rough rough way to go man rough rough way to go and it was a rough card in general so we're gonna go move on from that mm-hmm. uh but dude bellator bellator last friday nights on showtime once again bit of an interesting card uh to, to put it lightly main event vadim nemkov picking up a win over phil davis um dude nemkov looked sharp 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 those first three rounds uh ultimately started to gas down the stretch but still went ahead and picked up the dub over davis uh davis came back in the final two rounds but it was not enough what do you think about that fight I mean, you know, Vadim did his thing, looked great. Mr. Wonderful was everything but wonderful for me, Josh. I was so disappointed. I was left wanting so much more out of him. Yeah, man. I mean, I he did not get outclassed the first couple rounds. Nemkov definitely looked sharp, though. As the fight was going along, it was like, you know what, man? Davis, he's looking good. He might come back. But, like, I knew he wasn't going to get the finish. I mean, Nemkov has a fucking chin on him. Um, but regardless, man, a little bit disappointing. As far as the co-main, damn, were we wrong? Um, Corey Anderson annihilating Dovislan Yagamashirov in the third round via TKO. Uh, Dovislan did have a couple of bright spots, I'd say. He did rock Anderson with a spinning back kick. That was sick, dude. Broke through the guard, had Anderson on Queer Street, um, wobbling everywhere. He had, he had the shaky legs. Um, nonetheless, though, he did recover, uh, ended up just uh, wearing on Yagamashirov and ended up getting the TKO in the third round, man. What do you think about that fight and that performance by Anderson? Uh, good performance by Corey, dude. Looked great. Uh, finished it in stellar fashion. Uh, our boy Yags, man. I mean, it's okay. He'll be back. I can tell he's going to be a fun guy for Bellator. So I'm not I'm not worried about that. I mean, the guy was on a fat win streak for a while, and, you know, he came back really well from his last loss. I'm sure he'll come back really well from this one. Yeah, man, fair enough. I mean, we both picked him as kind of the underdog there. Um, and Anderson, dude, he looked phenomenal. Now he's going to fight Ryan Bader in the second round, which, man, I'm a, I'm a big Ryan Bader guy, but I think that's a that's a damned good matchup for Corey Anderson. Um, but we'll see what happens there. I mean, as far as the rest of the Bellator 257 card, is there any particular fight you want to go ahead and highlight? Oh, dude, we can keep going down the main card, dude. 
All right, the, let's go down the, the main card. The the lady fight, man, Vita Ortega versus a uh, what is this girl's name? Desiree Yanez. That's what I thought it was. I was, I, I remember I heard it the night of, and I was like, ah, okay. Dude, that was a banger, dude. These girls came out and, and banged. It was good. It was mm. a good fight. I loved it. Uh, they were tough, the scrappy. Was, I, I loved it. I had a lot of fun watching that. Yeah, man, Veda's been around in Bellator really for a long time. Since I've been watching Bellator, she's been in Bellator. Um, she has some nice wins on her resume, mainly Emily Ducote um, and then Denise Kielholz. And now Desiree Yanez. Uh, she picked up that dub via, I believe, split decision, if I remember correctly. Um, excuse me, majority decision, my bad. But, dude, opening up the main card, best fight. Paul oh, Davis, yeah. of, the, of the week. I think of the I think best performance of the year so far for me. I, and I, it's my fight of the year early. Yeah, I think it's That's my round why round of the year already without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Paul Daly, dude. This looked like um I'm not sure if you ever watched Daly versus Nick Diaz back in the day. Dude, we, they came up so much during this week, and it's so funny that it happened on the anniversary of dude. Yeah, man. It, I really thought it was gonna look like it, dude. It really looked like it early. I mean, he. Ooh. I thought about to look, see his uh really his second knockout loss unless I'm forgetting one that was like early early in his career that one and Nick Diaz is one of the only ones I've ever seen um and he was just getting floored by Sabaho Masi who, who he hits hard but his defense has always been a bit of a problem Nah dude coming back in that second round just annihilating him with a left hook from hell it's beautiful. Uh, and dude, Paul Daly, I, there were he said he was gonna retire after this. Not said, anymore. Nah, I'm going back for more, man. Let's go, let's go, champ. Do all right, dude. After dude, I, 62 professional fights, Josh, 62. There's very few guys who even hit 30 in this sport. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Good for him. Yeah, man. I can't can't wait to see him back. Let's go, dude. Come on, we got to see a, a Paul Daly. Welterweight title run. Come on. We, we got to give him a shot, right? Like, he's been in Bellator for so long. He's been so close so many times. The I last don't care if dance. it doesn't make sense raking-wise. Just give it to him. Like, Why three not? in a row. I mean, Eric Silva, Said, Awad, Sabahu, Masi. Just go and give him a title shot. Just give him a title shot. Who do you think would be a good person to give him in the rankings? Someone competitive. Uh, let me check the rankings real quick. The Bellator rankings. All okay, right. Derek Anderson is fighting Pate, Michael Page. Amoslav is getting... A title shot. I think Jason Jackson would be a banger of a fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And I'd actually, I mean, I don't want to. That's a good I mean, matchup. It's not an official fight, so I can, it's not really proving. I'd probably pick Paul Daly to win that fight, honestly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but also, I mean, as far as it goes, like him and uh, Neiman Gracie are the only two that are, I believe, unbooked inside the, the top ten right now. Oh, man. Which, the meaning of uh, that Neiman fight, man, we don't got to get into it right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we already did one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, so I, I'm glad to see Paul Daly is going to be back. Dude's a straight-up G, one of the, one of the greatest all-time uh, British fighters. As far as the rest of the card, man, Julia Budd picking up a nice win. Um, Shout-out Raymond Daniels, dude. Like, I, I highlighted this fight. I mean, I highlighted it as it was going on, apparently. Um, but he out-wrestled Peter Stonic, which I did not expect. I mean, he's he's an all-time kickboxing goat, but damn, dude, shout out him picking up the wrestling dub. Mads Burnell not getting a nice win. He's the oddest UFC cut I can remember. Um, obviously, he was 1-2 with a loss to Michael Prezeres, who at the time, I want to say was on an insane win streak. 
I think he may have, like, yeah, he was in the midst of a seven-fight win streak um, when Vermads fought him. He did lose. Uh, and he's huge for the weight class. And then, obviously, he did lose to Arnold Allen, who's an amazing prospect. Did pick up a win over Mike Santiago. Then he got cut from the UFC, went to Cage Warriors, and is now in Bellator. Uh, so, yeah, man, fun card overall. Uh, Bellator, they're taking a week off, my man. We got a week off from Bellator. Two weeks off, excuse me. They're coming back May 7th with an amazing card. Yeah, we're, we're so close, man. MMA gods are so close to letting us have for y'all Romero and Rumble Johnson. We're so close. I'm doing a banger of a card, dude. Yeah, and then they got Patricky Freire taking on Peter Quilly, Quali, excuse me, Juan Archuleta, Sergio Pettis, and then Michael Page, Derek Anderson. Just announced also Lorenz Larkin, Costo Lenstein. This very exciting card, my man. Oh, doing the prelims, man. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Henry Corrales is back. Lugan Storley is back. Eric Perez, I believe, is making his Bellator debut. Actually, making his, uh, what would it be, junior soft, junior outing for Bellator. He had a lot of success in the UFC, but uh, two knockout losses in Bellator. Very interesting. Okay. Regardless of my man. Now, now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the show. Yes. UFC 261 going to be emanating from the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Almost one year ago, it was 11 months ago, UFC made their return in that same building to the sound of no one, to no crowd applause. I'll never forget Sam Alvey giving high fives to imaginary people as he was walking out for the first <laughs> fight in the card. Um yes. To, to really no one. It was an amazing card. I think you and I have talked about how much fun that card was in retrospect um, and just kind of the hype building for it at the time. Now they are. 11, 11 months later, same building, 30,000 fans. Um, it's going to be insane. Three title fights and just a, a banger of a card all around, my man. Top of the billing, Kamaru Usman making a quick turnaround. We did see him a couple of months ago against Gilbert Burns, picking up a nice knockout win. Back at UFC 258, taking on the one, the only, Jorge Masvidal in a rematch. Uh, obviously, these two did fight back in July of 2020, UFC 251. Masvidal took the fight on six days' notice, did get dominated, but did make it to see the final bell. Um, look, man, that, that card was huge at the time, 1.3 million buys. However, a just, just a complete dominating win by Usman. Not a whole people are interested. Two questions. Um, are, one, are you interested in this rematch at all? Does this do a whole lot for you? And two, uh, do you see it going any differently this time? There's a lot of factors in this, dude. I think the obviously more time, right? More more prepared. And he knows he knows what he's getting himself into, and so does Kamara, right? In a lot of people's eyes, that doesn't make a difference, right? Kamara's going to come out and do the same thing. But, dude, at the end of the day, anything can happen. Stuff can change. Mindsets can change. Stuff can happen in between. Um... And the weird thing is, is I feel like if there was a guy to do it right now, Masvidal makes a lot of sense for some reason. He'd be the kind of guy to do it, right? To do their own Kamaru and, and 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 put it out there. Uh, he he just seems like the kind of guy to do it. I I can't imagine anybody off the top of my head right now in the top five who I can see doing it, like seeing them holding that belt, victory in, in great fashion, right? Outside of him in this moment. Um. I had hopes for Gilbert Burns uh, at the time. Um, I still do. I think he's still one guy who is really capable of doing it. Uh, and also, dude, we got fans now. I know that mm. isn't a big thing, 
in, in a lot of people's eyes. And, it sh- and for a lot of fighters, and in reality, it shouldn't really be a factor, dude. But And some people fight differently with fans, dude. Some people mm-hmm. get hyped up for it. Some people have an adrenaline dump from it. Gage. And I wonder... And I wonder if and I wonder if that's gonna be a factor here, because if if Kamara starts fighting boring and the crowd starts booing because it's the first event back, or, or he starts putting up against the cage, and Kamara's like, ah, you know, and then and then he he does something right, he's like, you know, something, oh, oh, so you're a striker now, you know, he starts striking, right, and and it, and it doesn't start going in his favor and mistakes start happening, you know, he could get caught or something like that, right? I know it's I know it's a very unlikely thing, it's such an immature thing to do, but you never know, right? It, it, it's all stuff that could happen, and and I'm just curious to see what happens on a, on a Masvidal, you know, somewhat full camp, or at least not a fully under. And and there's people who are like, no, Masvidal wasn't, you know, he wasn't fully depleted, but the, the guy did make a weight cut like on two three days. Yeah, and he, had, he made a twenty pound weight cut, which people are like, that's a normal weight cut. But I'm like, it's different whenever you're expecting a weight cut and you can kind of carb load and do a lot of things during your training camp, you know, in week of. Because of COVID protocols, you got the fight on six days' notice. He had to stay quarantined for two to three days of that. You know what I mean? Like, he did not have a normal weight cut. And not even cutting his weight how he normally would, you know, with, like, all his normal equipment or anything like that. Yeah. Either. Yeah, so, man, I got to be honest. Like, I was not very interested to go ahead and um, – when the fight was first announced, they kind of got me, though, man. I mean, just seeing the way Modswell is talking – He's kind of talking like he knows something we don't. I mean, I watched the conversation he had with Dana, you know, in in the cage afterwards. He was like, "Yeah, man, just give give me give me a full camp, give me eight weeks," you know. Um, and man, he's kind of sold me. Although I am kind of going to reveal my pick here, I don't think it's going to be much different, man. I think I think we're going to be saying and still at the end of the night, I'm still going to go ahead and take Gamar Usman to retain. But I do think early, I think Masvidal might give him a couple problems. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Masvidal's—he has good wrestling. Kamaru, it took—if I remember right—it took Kamaru a while to take down Masvidal, didn't it? Uh, he got a takedown off of a um a kick early, but outside of that, it did take him. I think until the second or third round. And it came from a kick too. That's the yeah. thing. He didn't even shoot or anything like that. And and most of the fight was on the cage. It was in the clinch. He didn't take him down. He was able to defend it. And dude, I I still and I said it with in, during that fight, and I still say it now, dude. He can outfuck fuck with him on the feet. You saw mm-hmm. every time in ex- where there was a slight opening, there was an exchange. Maslow was piecing him up. He he took. I still don't know. The judges at 251 were notoriously horrible. Just to ask Max Holloway. But dude, I thought Maslow took round one clearly. I mean, he was piecing him up with the feet before he gas because you know, oh, he yeah. had six days to prepare. Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. And he can get caught in combinations, dude. We saw it in the Gilbert Burns fight. And granted, mm-hmm. Gilbert Burns was his training partner. He knows what he can get caught with. And that's another thing I, I heard. It's like, you know something? You should go watch the Gilbert Burns fight. Go watch what he had had success with. Go look at the combinations he threw. He threw them for a reason, right? And they worked. He wobbled Usman. He hurt Usman at one point in that fight. He hurt him real bad, too. He hurt him real bad. I think that's that's the most hurt we've seen Usman. I think at least yeah, at the time. Sure. I mean, I can't I even can, think of another I, time. Yeah, you can't think of another time. So there's, there's some stuff there that he can look into. You know, the the, the 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 fact is, we know he's not going to grapple with him. We know he's not going to try to do any of that. We know he's going to try to keep it on his feet as much as he can. And we know it's too hard. We know it's very hard for him to take him down and, and try to do that. It, there's just a lot of things that we already know. It's just dependent of what changes and what happens on that day of with, with the fuller camp, with the uh, less uh, devastating weight cut, and uh, how he comes out to perform. And obviously, an improved Usman, right? Mm-hmm. That's another thing. He's gotten better. From that yes. fight... Now he's gone better. 
yeah, it's important to note. Like he he was obviously he was training with Trevor Whitman at that time, but really only I think for maybe three or four weeks by that point. Um, so his his striking has improved in spades. You saw that a lot in the Burns fight, and now he's you know he's had more and more time, man, more and more time to go ahead and prepare and get better on the feet. So I do think it's going to be more competitive on the feet, but at the same time, it's like I think it's going to be more competitive on the feet, but I think Moswell's going to have more of an edge in the wrestling because you know he's had time to prepare. Wake up probably won't be as bad this time. And I mean, I watched an interview he had with Ariel Hawani. It was probably like two weeks ago. He's like, yeah, I'm like 178 right now. I'm, I'm how I am normally in camp because I'm kind of in shape right now. It's kind of going to be a big deal. Um, so yeah, man, very, very exciting. Um, as far as after this, though, I have a question to ask you before we move on to the next fight, because I assume we're both going with Usman. Dude, I wanted to do a hipster pick. I want to do Masvidal just for the hell You're going to do Masvidal. Yeah, because if I get it right, I think it'll be cool. <laughs> yeah, I I respect that. I don't lot. think I don't be... think it's a good pick, but like remember back in the day when I was like, you know something, this could be the UFC champ. I kind of want to stay true to that, even though I don't think it'll happen. I really don't, but I'm doing it for my loyalty, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that that's fair enough. I mean, I I throughout this week I did think I was, I did think about picking Moswell. Um, yeah. he he just he's got a different flow about him right now, man. And Usman's talking does. about retirement too. That's yeah, not a good sign. You know what it reminds me of too a little bit, dude. The the level of Sheer confidence, and I know it's not the same kind of fight. It reminds me of the Ben Askren shit, dude. Like when he was back, when he's coming up, you know, when those wins started, you know, kind of stringing together. You know, when he, uh-huh. I feel like he has that, and it's not he he was missing this attitude when the first fight happened, but it's it wasn't to this level, dude. And he's fighting in Miami. He he's he's home, dude. He'll have you know home field advantage in a way, right? Not really, but you know, people are gonna love him, right? Because you know, those people people in Florida are prideful about that kind of stuff, dude. They they support their Miami guy. Mhm. So, there's a lot of people backing him, dude. So, I I th- I think it, he's he's not a terrible pick, but I do think it's everything is really against him for a fact. Yeah, wouldn't it be some story big shit if he just comes out and gets gets the victory in his home state, man? After like all that in front of like a crowd, dude, that'd be insane. Well, not even just that, capturing UFC title, dude. His yeah, I mean, finally. he's year he's, eighteen, I, I think. Yeah. Has year? he ever been champion anything outside of that? No. He wasn't champ- he, he tried to be champion strike force, but he didn't get close, right? Oh, uh, let me. He's won like obviously regional belts, I know. Yeah. But yeah. as far as in strike force, I know he got he got dominated by Gilbert Burns, and I think that's his only ever title shot outside of uh, Kamaru. Yeah, dude. So no strike force title, no UFC title. And for a guy mm-hmm. who's been doing it this long, dude, I mean, it'd be such a big deal, dude. And he's talked about retirement not too long from now either. Apparently, he has a set date, and he knows when he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Imagine if he did win, Josh, and he just retired after that, or defended and then retired. That'd be some man. I mean, I think if I think if he uh, if he wins, they got to do a trilogy. Both these dudes are talking about retirement, which is kind of weird because I think when you get to the top of the division, it's one thing for like a champ who's like dominant to talk about retirement or something. It's one thing for like a challenger to be older and talk about retirement. This is kind of weird because like I can I can reasonably see both these dudes retiring after if they win on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's and they're just not particularly it's, old either. Yeah, no, but it's because of the state of the division and the guy and the kind of guys he beat. Because uh, Usman is at that point where he's uh, refighting guys. He's guys, yeah, that's, yeah. True. that's the thing. There comes a point where you start refighting guys if you're having such a dominant reign, and that can be a little boring or maybe a little more difficult on your mind because you maybe you you kind of have this idea that they kind of know you, so you're like, I need to prepare even more. There, there's an even more pressure in a sense because you already won, you know. Mm. And it's kind of weird because it's like. He hasn't even been champ for that long, you know, only three title defenses. But yeah, really he's good. Just, 
he he dominated on the way up to where it's like, yeah, he's already beaten, you know, he's beaten all these dudes already. He's beaten Edwards, he's beaten Masvidal, Covington, Burns, you know, Woodley, Desanya, so on and so forth. So it's like, yeah, he's going to be refighting guys. The only dude who'd be a new match for him would be, I mean, in his fight after this, if he wins, it's going to be a rematch. Yeah, it'd be, it's going to be Colby. They talked about that, right? Colby Covington. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, you know, we saw how the first fight went, but I, I, I try to think about it, dude. It's like, Usman's improved his striking, right? And he has power. So unless Kobe has something to offer or maybe tries to wrestle a bit to try to switch it up and make it closer or tire him more early on, I, I don't know how much different it can go, right? Because the other mm. guys just got him better. And the other guys fought Woodley, who's looked rough. And I will also say, not to down on Covington, um, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. I didn't, that, people like to kind of, that was not as dominant of a victory as it should have been. Does that make sense? Granted, though, it's gotten progressively worse as each fight's gone on for Woodley, though, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll say that. But it was like he was facing a clearly diminished Woodley, and it did take him. It took an injury in the fifth round. I mean, I, I Woodley got some takedowns on him. He he had decent success in that fight. Where it's like that's kind of it's a it's a bad look for Cole. I'm very surprised he's getting a title shot after that. I'm very surprised. Yeah, no, that is weird. I feel like they could have probably matched that Michael Chiesa and him very well. Hmm. Yeah, I think that would have been a good matchup for Kiesa because I don't know who you want to give Kiesa. And Wonderboy just got booked against who? Uh, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns. That's a weird matchup, dude. We're not going to get into it. But I, I just want to ask that because I know I know the announcement happened, but that's interesting. Yeah, I think I, I got to be honest. I think it's incredibly lame that Kobe's getting a title shot next year because it's like yeah, we just we just saw that. And same thing for Masvidal, but I can kind of get the point because – you're, they were gonna pay him back. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like, yeah. like oh yeah, he took the fun on six days notice. So Dana's like, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a, an actual shot this time. I'm gonna give you a full training camp. It's what he's doing for Leon Edwards. You know, Leon took the short fight against Bilal. Mm-hmm. He's getting rewarded with the fight against Nate Diaz. Which by the way, I feel like the winner of that has more of a right to get a title shot. So, uh, yeah, I mean you're not wrong. I think the sad thing is it's like, I don't know the state of it. It's just everything's in a weird it just spot. Sucks. Yeah, everything's like we respond in that division, and it's no one's fault. It really isn't. Maybe matchmaking a bit, definitely. I think I think matchmaking. I think dudes kind of sitting out. Not Leon. I think Leon's exempt from that because you know he uh-huh. has only had one fight in like like thirteen months. But that was because of COVID. You know. I think um, I think the biggest heartbreak for me, Josh, is that we'll probably never see Masvidal versus Colby Covington. I think yeah, I don't think that happens at all. Which really blows because I think that's money out the ass right there for the UFC. And the lead up, and the lead up to the fight, Josh would just. Well, be... they were gonna do the ultimate fighter, but Ma said he didn't want to do. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get arrested. Yeah, I know. I fucking, I fucking hate that dude. I really do. It would have been so good, dude. Every single day, dude. Can you imagine? God. So good. But regardless, man. I mean, we talked enough about the main event, kind of all the implications there. Co-main event, man. Mm-hmm. This fight. This fight. Uh, obviously, Wei Li Zhang, um, or Zhang Wei Li, because Chinese to go last name first. Zhang Wei Li, current champ, 21 and 1 Angel. Really, one of the first bold predictions you've ever made on the show is I think first, uh, it might have been the first pay per view we covered, 235. You going out on the limb saying that, yeah, I think, uh, I think this girl's going to be something, you know? Um, yep. And she has. And she has, to put it lightly. Dominated Jessica Andrade, got a nice win, won the belt, man, complete dominance. 
and then beat Ioana Jacek in a fight of the year back at UC 248. So fitting that uh, last time we had fans was 248, and now oh man, you're right. Returning for the first time with fans is Zhang Weili coming to defend her belt, taking on the former champion Rose Nama Yunus. Obviously, Rose Thug Rose been in the UFC really since the inception of the strawweight division. Thug Rose. Uh, <laughs> Thug Rose, Thug Rose, 28 years old, former champion, obviously defeated Yoyana Yon Jacek back in 2017 in one of the biggest UFC upsets in history. Um, pick up the victory there and pick up the belt, defeated Yoyana rematch, lost the belt to Jessica Andrade via knockout, beat Andrade back at UFC 251 in a rematch, though. So now here we are, my man. I mean, this this has been an interesting build of the fight with Rose Nayunas having like this kind of this weird rivalry with Zhang it's Wei Li because really, she's Chinese and really bad, dude. It's really weird. It's really bizarre. I I want to say I get it, but I, I honestly don't get you, it. No, you don't, Josh. Don't even try to say you do, please. Because I get that. Like, okay, his thing, you understand right? what she's trying to say, but you don't get why she's doing it. Can you put it like that for me? So I don't have I'll a meltdown. Put it like that, but I also don't. Because here's the thing, right? She's Thank doing you. it because, like, she's like, it's a communist country. And she's like, my parent, my my grandfather or some shit was from Lithuania, and Lithuania was controlled by the Soviet Union, which is a communist country. But I'm like, that is some 4D fucking brain dynamics you got to do there to like somehow blame Whaley because she's just from China. But China wasn't even in control of Lithuania. That was the fucking so like I know history, dude. So none of this shit makes sense to me. Like, well, well it's it's not even that. I think the one thing I heard that was good. It's like it's not like Whaley gets to choose where she's born. Yeah, I, I fucking I never thought you, I'd, you know, I'd, Josh, just because someone's born in the Middle East, do you think they're a terrorist? You know, no, it's, that's that's why that's why when I saw MMA fans defending her, I'm like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Like that you is, shouldn't be defending her. It is it is it is literally unacceptable. Because here's the thing, Zhang Weili, it also sucks because she's like a sweetheart. Every single interview I've seen with her, she's just like super nice, super like she's learning English, you know, like. She, yep. She's she's super nice, dude. But because she's from China, you really got to say that stupid shit. Like, get the like Rose. Come on, man. Like, and I liked Rose before this. Like, it. it I just do. I just well, no, I can't say that fully. There, there was another thing Rose that that she did that I didn't like. What you do? Back. You remember the whole Connor Dolly thing? Oh, whenever she was like being dramatic. Yes, that was a big yeah. thing. And I get her scare because she doesn't know what's fully going on in the moment, right? Because it could be some random, insane human being who's yeah. trying to take out a. A bus full of fighters that could fuck up well, whoever that one. Imagine how Ray Borg be. feels. Ray Borg had to pull out because he got glass in his eye. <laughs> Did that fight end up working out for someone though? Uh, I don't think so. And I know Mike Kiesa had to pull out because he he was bleeding too. Like he got glass or, all over. Him. I, if I remember right, someone had to pull out from that. They found a replacement, and that replacement ended up having success from it. If I remember, I can't remember off the top of my head. We're I not gonna get into it now. We'll talk about it afterwards because I'm really curious. Okay. Okay. Fair enough though. But dude. Zhang Weili, man, 21 and 0, 21 and 1, excuse me. Yeah. Um, first loss is in her first fight ever via decision. Yep, ever. Dude, so we can both agree that Zhang's about to put a beating on this girl for China, right? I mean, after what she said, yeah. I, I mean, she. Did you watch the stare down today, by the way, at the press conference? It's so weird, dude. I don't need. I don't want to get into like the whole dynamics of that. The thing is, you already knew who I was picking before the podcast started, Josh. That's oh yeah, for sure. Said. I mean, and same here, because like, man, I. Just because of the, the shit – normally trash talking does not get to me, but this one really kind of pissed me off. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't try to take trash talking serious just because it's a sport, you know? But 
you know, this doesn't go as far as of it, but you know what it kind of reminds it reminded me of when uh Kobe's post fight interview dude where he was telling Kamaru to go back to his village and or not go back to his village, but to go put out smoke go, signals. Go put out smoke signals to communicate with your village or some shit. Yeah, like that, that was, was the most ridiculous It's fucking... crazy that Kobe didn't get cancelled for that, dude. Well, it's like, because he's he's playing a character or something. I don't know. But it's still really bad regardless if you're playing a character or not, Josh. No, no, Probably... I'm just no, I'm just no, I'm just joking because Colby could drop the end bomb and like people would be like he's playing a character, bro. Like that's chill, dude. It's just a social experiment. Like it's just a social the camera's right there, bro. Like it's WWE, oh. dude. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the kind of shit they would say, dude. I know, I know. I'm surprised he didn't cancel it for that either. I mean, I think Colby's a complete cunt. Just being honest. Um, it, to but, be honest, he's not a bad guy when he's not in character. The thing is that what makes him a cunt is that he's a, he's in character. Is well, here's the thing. And he dude, takes it far, and he takes it too far. It, 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 yeah, he takes it way, way, way too far. Because it's here's the thing: even if he is a character, um, the thing I always come around to is beyond the racist stuff. It's like whenever he was talking, he was talking shit about Glenn Robinson, who was Usman's former coach, who literally had a heart attack. He was talking shit about him dying, saying that Usman was such a shitty fighter, he gave him a heart attack. And then his That's daughters had to get involved and tell him like, "Please stop talking about our father." He's dead, or so like, like you know what I mean, like, and he still kept on doing it. I'm like, that's where I'm like, I draw the line. Like, that's like, Kobe's a piece of shit. I don't, I don't care if he's a, like a, like I'm professional about every single fighter on here. I have, to, I have something to tell you after the podcast that I could not say on air about this. Please remind me at the end to tell okay, you what fair it was. Enough, fair enough. But yeah, I can't man, so, say, I can't say it on the air. <laughs> okay, well, but to circle back real quickly, we're both taking Zhang Weili. I think Rose is gonna give her problems early. Yes. I think her jab's gonna be great. I think she's gonna come out looking fire. Um representing Lithuania for some reason. Um <laughs> she's walk but out I think John's gonna put flag. a beating on her down the stretch. Oh yeah, definitely. Championship rounds, she'll look the best then. Uh, I think it's gonna I think she's probably gonna finish her in the third or fourth is my bet. Um late finish if it is a finish. I'll say that. Yeah, if, if I were to put money on it. Um not saying I do, but you know, just hypothetically I'd late finish. As far as the third title fight, this one has bi- this one's being really on like very very overlooked. Um, I, don't, I almost feel like champion. it's being overhyped too, though, Josh. Do you think so? The, I haven't heard anybody talk co- about it. In all the week. community of people who keep up with the sport, I feel like a lot of people are trying to sell it a little too high. That's fair enough. I'll go ahead and give you that um, because I don't have a whole lot of interest in it. I'm I'm excited to see it, but I don't think it's going to be competitive. Valentina Shevchenko, uh, dominant flyweight champion. I mean, she's going to pass TJ's record. Um, <laughs> Uh, making Good her for return her. for the first time since November uh, 20 and 3. Obviously, won the belt back in 2018 against Yuana Young Jacek, taking on a former strawweight champion once again this time. And Jessica Andrade, obviously, Andrade champ back in 2019 because she knocked out Rose Nami Yunus. After that, though, she lost the belt to Zhang Weili, lost again to Rose. She did return in October of 2020, picked up a TKO winner, Caitlin Chukagian. Um, That's it, though, in her sole flyweight fight, man. Um. Do you think this one's going to be competitive at all? I think it can be. I think that's the one thing I, I will give to Andrade. I think maybe the weight cut might help her. She won't maybe won't feel as depleted. And dude, she she's carrying really good power, and she's fucking strong, dude. She really is. But against mm. Valentina, dude, I just don't know. That's the thing, dude. It's really hard to pick against Valentina, and she's just her Muay Thai is just too good, dude. It's too nasty. Her stand up is great, and she's one of those guys, one of those girls, not guys, my bad. That's really like well rounded herself really well, and even on the ground, dude, I have faith on her. I don't. Maybe that's honestly, maybe that's where Andrade's best possibility is. I think mm-hmm. if there is any 
chance there. But even then, it's not like Valentina's going to be, you know, a floppy fish on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough, dude. Yeah, man. As far as it goes, I mean, my my biggest gripe with Andrade has always been the very, very big lack of, like, head movement. She kind of just lets herself eat shots because she knows she can take them. I think that's a terrible combination against, you know, Shevchenko, dude. I think that is a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, her angles I, are too good. She'll switch it up too much for her. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think it's a terrible mix. Because here's the thing. Jennifer Maya had success um, just by virtue of kind of running into the clinch once. And then winning around, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, will Maya pull an upset? Maybe." And she didn't. Um, but no. Andrade, could she do the same thing? I think maybe for a round or two. I think maybe she'll be able to get the clinch because she's very strong. You know, you know what's funny when you said that? I thought about what everybody what everybody said. Carter took a round for Habib. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, it's I know it's not fully the same, but it kind of reminded me of that when you said that. Dude, Connor, he's the only one to take a round from Habib, though. Come on, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, come on. Anyways, but yeah, man. Um, I think. I think Andrade may take a round or two. I think early on she'll have success. I think it's gonna be Shev all down the stretch, all down the stretch though. I think once there's gonna be some point where like, because I think Shev's just gonna counter the shit out of her um, yeah. and probably just land at will. It's only a certain amount of time though before I think it comes. I, I'm gonna predict probably a, a decision, maybe late finish for Shevchenko. Real late, real yeah. late, dude, real yeah. late. I think it's gonna be like like an accumulation of damage thing, just because her chin is so good. We've only ever seen it cracked by. Well, Benicus you saw it cracked by Wei Li, and Rose knocked her down a couple times too, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. So, as far as it goes, you're also picking Shevchenko, I assume? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Okay. Could bet my house now, on it. This next fight, my man. This one, all bangers. All bangers. Last few pay-per-views, we kind of been talking about like one fight, two fight, and then we'll quickly run down the rest of the main card. Whew, this next one, I'm excited for as much as any fight on the card, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um. Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman. This is a rematch of a fight that happened 11 years ago at Ring of Combat 31. Um, In that fight, Chris landed a big overhand left, um, knocked out Uriah Hall, my man. Careers have gone very interesting since then. Obviously, Chris Weidman came to the UFC, dominance, uh, knocked off Anderson Silva. He was was a Brazilian killer, honestly. Uh, Beat Anderson twice, beat Machida, beat uh, Belfort TRT Belfort, dude. The only guy to do it. Um, <laughs> obviously, a dominant team. champion. Lost the belt to Luke Rockhold. After that, though, all it was all pretty much downhill. He he lost to Goel via knockout, Gegard via knockout. He did submit Kelvin Gassum, very bright moment, and got knocked out by Jacare and Dom Reyes. Did pick change. up a nice win, though, against Omarinov Medov back in August of 2020 to get him back into the rankings. Um He's 36 now, had a lot of damage done. Uriah Hall, on the other hand, coming in with the USU with a lot, a lot of hype, my man. Um, obviously, came off the Ultimate Fighter, where he was probably the best Ultimate Fighter fighter ever, honestly. Um, had the most hype, I'd say. Lost to Cummings Gas and lost to John Howard. Has, he he had a mini stretch there in 2013 to 2016. Hey, man, come on. They have the good wins, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, Tiago Santos was a great win. Chris Lieben. Uh, Owale Bangbus. Gegard Musasi was the best win of his career. After that, though, so lost, he lost three of four. Uh, but, dude, after, like, that Paulo Costa fight where, I mean, he was looking damn good, he's turned it on, man. Knockout win of Bevan Lewis, def- win over Antonio Carlos Jr., and obviously retiring one of the greatest of all time, Anderson Silva via knockout back in October of last year on Halloween, my man. Um, who are you looking for in this one? Dude, you know, I, I thought about it, man. And and, and it, it's kind of funny that you brought up the uh, – that uh, – 
crispy Anderson, right? And you know, after uh, after uh, Anderson retired or in Anderson's retirement fight, we saw Uriah. You know, they had their little moment there, and it's funny that you know he's coming to fight the guy who kind of you know after that fight with that Silva fight versus Whiteman, everything kind of went south for Silva, right? And that guy that kind of had that hype in the Ultimate Fighter and, and was being a little compared to Silva is now fighting Whiteman. Again, mm. rematch. I mean, the story, dude, is so much deeper than what I thought until right now, dude. This all just popped up in my head, dude. I love it. This is this has got mm. me so hyped. And you and me have been hyping or have been hyped about Uriah Hall, dude, since COVID started because he locked himself in his gym. When he heard everything was going to lockdown, he moved into his gym and continued training because he knew that if he didn't stay in the gym, he wouldn't be able to train. That mm. is some fucking dedication, dude. I don't know how many guys in not even just in the UFC but in all sports did a thing like that to stay active knowing that that was going to happen. I mean that was a big moment for me where I'm like, this is one more run. Mm-hmm. This is this is one more time. Let's get it. And there's dude, and, and if you look at, at how careers have gone and trajectory, your right halls looked better in recent time in comparison to Weidman. Oh yeah. And he's and Wyman's taking some serious shots, dude. I mean, the Yoel knee, the Lou Rockhold fight, the Dom Reyes finish, granted a weight up. I, I'm I'm picking Uriah Hall here, man. I'm feeling it, bro. I feel the energy. I might have done talking about it, Josh. I might have a heart attack. <laughs> oh God, dude. I'm gonna go same page, my man. Uh, I'm, I do really... it, didn't I? <laughs> uh, I'm going same page, dude. I, I've been you and I have been on the Uriah Hall hype train for a long time now. He's looking the best he's he's looked in his UFC run. Like, yeah, he had more success whenever he knocked out Gegard. But something feels different, man. Just listen to him talk and knocking out Anderson, man. That that really that really put him over for me. Um, I'm gonna take him via probably finish here, man. I think Weidman, he did pick up a win over Mario Medov, but that was so sloppy, man. I was I was shocked he was able to get that done. He looked dead tired in the second. Um so yeah, man, I don't think he's. I don't think Uriah. He's that guy. I don't think he's gonna gas. Um, he he showed a great gas tank, especially in the Anderson fight, going four hard. I mean, he he was looking ready, like he could go many many rounds. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and take Uriah Hall, man, getting that getting on that train to where maybe if he wins the next one, title shot. You know, like we'll see. Um, and as far as that goes, man, opening up the main card, last fight to talk about Anthony Smith. Jimmy Crute, I love this fight so much, my man. Uh, Jimmy Crute, obviously one of the one of the best prospects in the UFC for my money, coming out of South Wales, um, taking on, you know, obviously he's 12-1, I should go ahead and say, uh, wins over Sam Alvey, Paul Craig, um, only lost to Misha Serkinov, and that was a banger of a fight. Taking on Anthony Smith, the former title former title challenger, uh, rose up the ranks, longtime journeyman who kind of out of nowhere um, moved up to 205. And just started kicking ass, dude. Wins over Rashad, Shogun, Vulcan. Got the title shot against Jones. Probably should have taken the knee, shaken the DQ, and left with the belt. He did not, though. Uh, rebounded with a win against Gus. Lost two of his last three, though. However, he did beat Devin Clark in November of 2020. Who are you leaning towards in the main card opener? Dude, I'm, I'm feeling Jimmy Crude, dude. But Anthony Lionheart-Smith, dude, I do think he has a good chance here, dude. Um, he's good on the ground, dude. I mean, I don't know if... I don't know. I want to see this. I want to see that exchange on the ground how it goes. Um, I don't know, dude. I, I the thing is, I think Anthony has a good ground base that that maybe he's kind of left a little bit behind in recent time, trying to maybe stand up a little too much. But 
I don't know, dude. I, I'm feeling Jimmy Crew, dude. I, I've been running to Jimmy Crew uh, hype train, and I'm gonna stick with it, dude. I'm gonna stick stick through with it. But the one loss was to Misha Serkinov, dude, and it was a proven necktie, dude. And when you get caught in that shit, you're not getting out of it. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun, man. It only lasts one round, but it was a lot of fun grappling exchanges. Um, look, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jimmy Crew. I think he's gonna get a nice win. Um, a little bit disappointed with Anthony Smith lately. He did pick up a nice win last time out, but he just—I th- I wonder if that Glover fight is just going to be too much for him, man. I mean, years—I think we're going to be talking years down the line about how much damage that did for him. He's still only 32, but he is, you know, 50 fights into his career, and that was just—that was really, really rough, man. Really, really rough. As far as the undercard, though, what kind of fights are you kind of, kind of looking forward to as far as under under the radar fights? Under the radar fights, Josh. I got you right now. Are you aware on the early prelims? Are you aware of one Zhu Rong or Rong Zhu? I'm afraid I'm not. Well, t- t- tell me, tell this, me more. This man is coming out of China. You know how they have their little institute out there where they try to find you know prospects out of Asia. You know, kind of build them up, help them. You know, they yeah, have the PI. Center. Yeah, yeah, the PI. This man, ever since entering in the PI, has won ten straight fights. Josh, ten straight fights coming to UC. He's taking Damn. on one Rodrigo Vargas. Dude, keep an eye out on this man, Josh. I, I looked into it a little bit. I'm excited, dude. You guys lost? Yes, dude. Those three losses came before, obviously, the 10-fight win streak. He's improved a lot. And, Josh, you know how old this man is? He's 17-3. and three. You know how old this man is? I'm going to guess. I have no idea about him. I'm going to guess 22. He's 21. Fuck, man. Dude, I know. It's it, Dude, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for the potential, dude. Dude, I mean, it's it's going to be fun. I mean, he, he sounds like a good prospect just based off of what you're telling me. Yes, dude, you're gonna like him. Dude, it's gonna be fun. As far as as far as my kind of fight to highlight, man, it's it may be kind of cliche because it's the fight leading into the main card. Oliveira Brown, dude, that's gonna be a banger of a fight, dude. I mean, that is, I, I'm high on Randy Brown. I think, um, he obviously he's he did lose last time out to Vicente Luque. However, dude, he was piecing Luque up on the feet before that. I don't know if you remember that, man. Um, he he looked pretty good. He had a win over Morley Alves. He's a great grapple. He submitted him. Knocked out Brian Barrena before that, man. This, this is going to be a fun fight. Obviously, Oliveira is always a fan favorite. Uh, won two of his last for three. Did lose last time out to Shadmat Rakirov via submission. Uh, but outside of that, man, wins were Peter Sabata, Max Griffin, Carlos Condit. I mean, he's been in the UFC since 2015. Always been one of the most fun fighters, in my opinion. Uh, so it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to catch him on the early prelims. I like that. That's good. And then also Carl Roberson, Brendan Allen. It's going to be fun. Dwight Grant's back. Tristan Connolly is back. Uh, so, yeah, man, very, very fun card. But Angel, man, uh, we, we gave our preview for that card. Now it's now it's time for the recap of statistically the 10th biggest boxing pay, pay-per-view of all time. And, and climbing, by the way, Josh. I don't know if you know this. They're still counting. Uh, they are still counting. Um. I mean, let me let me just pull up the list as as I'm talking about this. But if you guys don't know, last last Saturday night there was a small boxing card. You may have heard about it. Um, Jake Paul, uh, Ben Askren. Yes, Jake Paul, Ben Askren, um, YouTuber turned professional boxer. Third fight taking on, I mean, the worst striker arguably in MMA history, if not at least in UFC history. Is now alongside. I mean, it's it's alongside fights such as Floyd Mayweather. It's alongside Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? It's 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 really strange, but it's now in one of the top 
you know, pay-per-views of all time. But I guess we can just go ahead and start alongside the main event, man. Um, Jake Paul, I mean, getting it done early. He said he was going to do it early. Uh, ben came out looking like how he did in the UFC. Um, he didn't look a whole lot different. Yes. Although once he, he basically did what I said, it was what he said he was going to do. Try to get the clinch. Um, try to do some dirty boxing. Try to just stay defensive. Um, and he got the clinch and then got broken up immediately. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's only a matter of time then. Um, he's got the clinch twice, landed some body shots, and immediately was broke up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not good. Anyways, it was only a matter of time from that point forward. Uh, Jake feigned with the left hook, came over the top of the right hand, floored Ben Askren. Ben got up to meet – Ben got up, I believe, at the count of six. Referee said, walk towards me. Ben walked towards him. Uh, and referee was like – and according to Ben, the conversation they had was, I'm good to go. Ref said, no, you're not. And Ben goes, no, really, I am. There was like, no, you're not. So the fight was stopped. Controversial stoppage. Uh, two questions, Angel. What do you think about the main event? What do you think about the stoppage itself? Event? I mean, it was all right. There, there, it was kind of weird. There's some weird shit that happened that we can get into. Stoppage, suspect. Can't deny it. I'm, I'm not saying it's rigged. I never thought it was. But I, Are I you saying Ben Astro took a dive? No, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, people are saying that Ben asked to oh. ride. That's that's stupid. Like that's that's a very stupid narrative. Yeah, and it's um, illegal too. So it's yeah. not like he can't, it's not like he could if he wanted to. Yeah, no. I mean, that was a stupid narrative. However, I, I think it was rigged in an aspect. Um, and Ben even talked about this. How if he ever here's here's the thing, right? In boxing, promoters have their dudes. You know what I mean? Like Floyd is his own promoter. You know what I mean? Like he got very good decisions throughout his career. Canelo, his promoter, you know, Oscar for a long time, he got beneficial decisions. He got good refereeing that was biased towards him. For Triller, Jake Paul is that dude. So if Ben was ever going to go down, if it ever got to the cards, if they ever got clinched, it was going to be rigged in that aspect where, yeah, Jake was going to get the advantage because guess who gets to assign those referees? The fucking promoter. Guess who gets to assign the judges? The promoter. So, yeah, in that aspect, it was always going to be Jake Paul having that advantage. So if Ben ever went down, I was like, yeah, that's yeah, – I mean I talked about on the show. Very reasonable possibility that Ben gets stopped early just on like a TKO on the feet if Jake lands a couple of hard shots. And that's what happened here, my man. So – I mean, he put in him down, aspect. though, Josh. He did put him down. Nice. He did put him down, so I'll go ahead and concede that. Um, but it looks like a flash down, knockdown to me. I mean, Ben even said, like, yeah, he, he hit me on the ear, so my equilibrium was a bit gone. But I couldn't – I stood up, and I was fine. So I was like, yeah, I could see that. Um, and obviously, down the stretch, I mean, I still think my theory would have rung true if that fight, if he did go on. Um, he was hurt, but I don't think it was that bad. You know what I mean? And we, we've heard from pretty much all sources that Jake really wilts as the fight goes on. Um, even Mike Perry said that, which a fight we may be seeing next for Jake Paul. Um, no, we'll get into that later, Josh. I got some news for you that we talked about. Yeah, man, it was, it was an interesting stoppage. I did not necessarily agree with it, uh, but it wasn't rigged by any, by any metric. Um, and afterwards, man, Jake Paul coming out for all the necks, uh, calling out Daniel Cormier, calling out Woodley. I mean, Everyone, Mike called Perry, that, Dustin Poirier. He called you out, Josh. Called me out. I mean, I've I I've put on some boxing gloves once or twice, so I'm now qualified, I guess. Um, <laughs> what what a, what a what a guy. Um, yeah. Anyways, calling out everybody. 
who do you think might be in, in, in MMA in boxing? You can kind of quantify, you can kind of figure out where these dudes are going to go after this. There's always one lane, two lanes, three lanes, where they can potentially go down. It's like branching out paths, it's like fucking Telltale video game, right? You can tell where these paths are going to go. With Jake Paul, it's different. But who do you think, because there's thousands of options, who do you think is going to be in there with the next if I put a gun to your head, hypothetically? Like the like list of people who I think right now? Uh, yes. Dylan Dennis, KSI, Conor McGregor. You think Conor's in the top three? Yes. Dude, you Dennis just saw how much... Dennis said he'll sue him if they try to yeah, like, I know. find a UFC fighter, though. Yeah, but, you know... Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen with Connor's contract here, and who knows how many fights are left, right? And you know, Connor's his own man. I'm sure he can find a way out of it. And if the money's there, I'm sure. And Josh, we know the money's there. The money is there. I mean, we saw that this this past weekend, dude. What we didn't say the number on the show. It's looking like it's gonna be 1.5. It's not said yet, but it's looking like that. From what I've heard. I mean, I've heard various numbers. I mean, I, I don't have any inside source on this one particularly, but I've heard anything from 1.4 to 2 mil um, on, the, on, like, the very, very lowest side of, like, 2 mil, like 1.9, basically, 1.9 to 2. Um, it's insane. It's going to make a lot of money regardless. I think Ben Askren is the per- perfect guy for the buildup um, just because he, he played the straight man. He did a lot of stuff for the build. I think it's going to be interesting if they throw him in there with a guy like Dylan Danis, who we know can't really box that well. Um, I don't think Khan is likely at all. Not um, for a while. Con- Not for a while, but the money's there, Josh. Money's it, there. It, I think we may see it at some point. It, it could happen. That's, I think Jake will lose before then, honestly. So, uh, who knows? We'll find out if it's a lot. I think happen. he's going to run into the wrong guy. I think, like for example, I think if he faces, if he faces Woodley next, oh my god. Well, Josh, what? I, I, like I said, I need to talk to you about this. We're going to get into okay. it. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get into it now because we still got to talk about the card and other stuff that happened. I was going to do it right now, and then we'll go down the rest of the card. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it's it's going to go pretty far. I, I feel like we should recap the card quickly, and then we should do the aftermath thoughts. Okay, fine, fine. Fair enough, fair enough. So we'll go ahead and go to the co-main real quick. This one was weird. Um, Regis Progray. This fight I called out. as like, oh, yeah, man, it's going to be a banger. It was a banger for like five rounds. And five then? Best fight on the card, and then Regis Progre, sixth round, liver shot. Um, and for some reason, Ivan Redkoch saying it was low, needing a stretcher. Um, <laughs> yeah, Al- Aljamain was proud. Aljamain was proud. Dude, here's the funniest part about this. So Ivan Redkoch obviously faking a low blow. Something I found out in the aftermath. So on commentary, they're completely making fun of him. The six-man booth, which by the way, I read, I wrote in my uh, column for KTRI Press this week. Um, a six-man booth should never be done again. It's the worst thing of all time. Don't ever do it. But the six-man booth of – let me see if I can name them all. Ray Flores, Ray Flores, Mario Lopez, uh, Al Bernstein, Pete Davidson, Snoop Dogg, and Crime Faces. There we go. That's all six of them. Making fun of Ivan Redcock. Did you know they were pumping the commentary into the stadium? What? You didn't know this? Oh, my God. God, that makes so many things so much worse. Ben looks like a bag of milk. He looks like a bag of milk. USSR. Yeah, that one was bad, too. Yeah, man, Oscar De La Hoya. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, dude, what a just an odd sight. I mean, this is this card was so weird up and down. And it was just so fitting that, like, the best fight between two world-class guys. I mean, Pro Gray, former champ. Red Koch, former title challenger. Got wins over nice – has very, very nice wins throughout both their careers. Obviously, Pro- Progray was a nice 
heavy size favorite for good reason. Um, but you know, Red Couch was getting some nice work in early. Obviously, the fight was going progress is you know way down the stretch. Um, but dude, not not in a million years the way I would have expected it to go, especially in the end. Yeah, just the- weird fucking ending, dude. Weird fucking ending. It was a I don't know what it, the original I forgot what the original decision was. A uh, technical it, decision. It was, but then it switched to TKO. Yeah, yeah. correct. So shout out Beatrice Program. He got his. He said he wanted on Twitter. He said I knocked him out. I want my finish on the record. Um, and he got him, a man. So nice for him picking up at the dub. And dude, uh, this is probably my favorite fight on the card for for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Steve Cunningham, Frank Mir going the distance. Uh, kind of a fun little scrap, my man. I mean, a Frank Mir. Huh. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, Frank, it's more just so I thought Frank Mir uh, represented MMA beautifully. Um, I gave him two rounds against Steve Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it doesn't matter to a lot because these are both dudes in their 40s. These aren't two prime guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought uh, I thought Frank looked good. I thought Steve was doing enough in there to get the victory for sure. He was landing the cleaner shots. Um, but the commentary, man, the, the fight okay. I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah. These, these are two – I wouldn't call Frank um, – I wouldn't call Steve Cunningham a legend of the sport. But, I mean, he, he's, he's been there for a long time, former champ. Frank Mir is a, a legend of MMA. I feel comfortable saying that. Um, two dudes representing the sports, completely overshadowed by Oscar De La Hoya's – I'm not sure the terminology is used here. Um, he, he was on something. He was he, he was on some form of drug. We don't know what it was. We don't know if he was high or – on uh, some booger sugar, some of that snow, that sniff, you know. See, that's that, what I, was about to say. I was about to say he was on the booger we, sugar. We, but um, we don't know. We don't know. Allegedly. But, but he was high in some way or drunk. He said or he had something. a few drinks. But yes. that sounded like more than a few drinks to me. Yeah, he was a, a little off and it was very off putting. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't notice it too much in the moment for some reason because I was so focused on the fight. But later on, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> USSR. <laughs> yeah, USS Steve Cunningham, a, par- a literal na- navy man, um, navy shipman, just fucking Oscar De La Hoya shouting out the Soviet Union. Somewhere Rose Namajunas is very upset and she didn't know why. Um, Oscar De La Hoya just going off on commentary. Maybe that triggered it, Josh. Maybe that triggered it. Maybe it was- that triggered it. <laughs> yeah. This is what started it. You know what she said? I forgot. I hate to bring it back to this. I watched an interview with her today. She, she keeps she's doubling and tripling down. She said the reason why she's upset is because of generational trauma from like her grandparents. Okay. <laughs> we can get off this topic now, Josh. Just saying her grandfather was a Nazi. I'm not making that up. Anyways, um, talk about generational trauma. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, dude, shout out to you coming in. He got a win. I thought it was a really fun fight. Um, Frank looked good. He had a surprisingly great gassing. I I watched his uh, post fight um, interview with the media, um, and dude, he gave he got did a lot of great analysis for the fight. He but him and Steve he has a good brain, talk, dude. Dude is one of the smartest guys in MMA. Straight up, he should do commentary, dude, for MMA. He, I love he to did. Hear it. He did for WC back in the day. I know, he but was, he needs to he needs to do it now for a promotion. Is what I'm saying. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But he he did it um WC for a long time. He was great, dude. He was really really great. Mm-hmm. Um see, so yeah, man, I'd like to see him do it again. Uh you know, he represented well. He he did he did well. It was a fun fight. Right. Him and Steve Cunningham both talked about how off-putting it was having like music. Like Yeah, that is a lot. All weird. the fighters did actually, I believe. Ben Askren did too. 
Man. But how like yeah, I was supposed to find eleven thirty and then eleven forty five and then twelve thirty, you know, like just kept on getting moved. Same thing for them too. And then opening with the main card, man. Pain. Um, hey man, all I'm saying is I I predicted that I I knew it was gonna be early on, dude. It was kind of I mean, it, it was just, sad. It was sad. Yeah. It was sad. There's but dude, it made sense though. There's there's nothing that you can't say that, that that didn't make sense for that situation to end up like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean if, the, if you guys don't know the reggaeton artist Raycon getting bodied by Joe Fournier, man. Um, you gotta give down. him you gotta give him credit though, Josh. He did get back up from some. He of got shots. back. He could have quit multiple times. Um, and I give him a lot of credit for not quitting. Um, and they said he didn't land a single strike. I watched it back. I think I counted one or two jabs he landed, like early, early. That didn't have anything behind them, but he landed them. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out Raycon for getting a strike in. But dude, just it, it was sad. You know, he got knocked down twice in the second round. Joe Forney was just playing with his food out there. He's trying to get a Jake Paul fight. I don't think that's gonna happen. Nope, not at all. Because Joe Fournier is way too. You can see it in there, man. He's a boxer. You know what I mean? Like he he's a legit boxer. Um, he doesn't have a lot of wins under his resume. Maybe not the highest help. level of boxer, but definitely a, he can he can box, as we had to say. For sure, man. I mean, you you can just tell. Um, so that was sad with with Raycon losing, dude. I mean, that was just sad. That was a sad fight out there, honestly. Um, Tim, and uh, as far as aftermath, I mean, what do you think about the event itself? Because let's let's go and put this mildly. Um, people disliked it. A lot mm-hmm. of people. Some people had fun with it. Um, I had fun with it. We're notably in on this YouTube boxing thing. I'm a freak show fight fan. I love that shit. Bob Sapp's my hero. Yeah, uh, shout but out Pride. Shout out Pride. Shout out Dada 5000. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Kimbo. R.I.P. Kimbo. But yeah, I mean, like, I love all that stuff. So I was in on it. I mean, I was having – it was like the Eric Andre show of boxing events, really. You're not even wrong, dude. You're not even wrong. I, I, I remember even – but even then, even some at some point, I even got lost in it because we went at one point two hours without an actual fight. I know open, that's yeah, that kind of did. I was not a fan of that. They open up with the Black Keys performing. Big fan of the Black Keys, love them, you know. Um, and then they had obviously Raycon getting annihilated, and then we went two hours without a single fight. They had Mount Westmore. They had, I think Doja Cat was in there maybe. Uh, Sawidi, who I was never really a fan of. Uh, I, the only reason I knew her was she she whooped Quavo's ass. Um, it just <laughs> really nothing for two hours. I mean, there was a slap fight in there. The only thing I enjoyed all night on the production side of it was just Pete Davidson consistently shitting on the events. Yes, it's almost like he got paid to do that. <laughs> Crazy. That's, well, I went I like I even I even got a couple thousand like likes and retweets on a on a tweet on Twitter just quoting Pete Davidson saying. You can tell, like, he said something along the lines of, like, uh, this is a big night for boxing because you can now tr- tell just how truly it has fallen. Like, just <laughs> completely. It's like, yeah, this is uh, be a very great event, you can tell, because uh, I'm here for some reason. Um, just That's completely right. shitting on it. So whenever Jake Paul walked out, he was like, yeah, man, I wish I could be that stupid just to be that, like, be that, be that happy. I wish I could be that stupid so I could be that blindly happy or something. Just, like, completely shitting on it. But, yeah, man. As far as it goes, I mean, what did you think about this the event as a whole? I mean, it was it was it was strange. It was interesting. That's that's the way I gotta put it. I know I know some people shit on it a lot. I I didn't think it was bad. I think it had its issues, but it's all fixable. You know, 
it's all fixable for the next one, you know? Next one being Tiafimo in June. Yeah, Which, and that's that's a real boxing match, so I think they'll take a little bit more, you know, serious. There's a world title on the line. It's a world-class, you know, opponent or, you know, world-class fi- uh, boxers. You know, it, it's going to be a little bit more, I think, serious, you know? Mm-hmm. Because once they bought out Fight TV and once they uh, they bid on that, it's kind of like, okay, now we got to be serious, you know, mm-hmm. at least in some cases. So I think that's a, that's a big deal right there. Yeah, fair enough, man. But as far as aftermath, you're the one who wanted to go ahead and put this up after the recap. So what do what, you want to talk about specifically about that? I do just the lack of understanding of this whole thing. The whole Jay Paul saga thing, dude. So many people are so confused about it. I, uh, I'm just gonna run down a few points. I fucking hated first take with Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith, completely shitting on Ben Askren. Yes, did Ben Askren come out looking like a bag of milk? Yes, Ben Askren has looked like a bag of milk since he was in college, dude. And that's Ben Askren, you know, guy who won, uh, you know, stuff in college, right? I don't know everything off the top of my head because I don't want to get into it. Uh, two-time Hodge Trophy winner, only. Only person alongside uh, Kale Sanderson to actually do that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Bam. Former Olympian. You know how what kind of human being you have to be to an Olympian? It takes so much, dude. There's people who dream of being an Olympian and they they, they don't even get near it. Yeah. It's high level athlete. There's people who are high level athletes now who've never made it to the Olympics. Who who was it? Was it Tyson Fury who tried out for the Olympics and didn't make the Olympic team? Uh. We'll go yes. I don't know. I believe. I think. I think it is. I think it was. I might be wrong. Uh, Teofimo. I think he was one too, right? He tried for the U.S. and didn't make it, if I remember right. Or he had to represent yeah, a different it's, it's country. Hard. It's really, really tough. It's to even really... make the Olympic team, let alone place yeah. in it, which I believe he did. Yeah. So there you go. It, it, that and and then uh, and and once again, you know, shout out to Big John and and Josh Thompson. You know, they they had their opinions on it. They talked about it, and they're like, you know, something. Yada, yada, this, that, you know, pretty much the same thing. Gave their analysis, you know, talked about how, you know, Ben went out there, did it, secured the bag. Good thing for him. The big issue I keep seeing with the media is, and a lot of people who are watching this are like, he hasn't fought. Well, actually, no. I'm going to talk about the victory first before I get into that. Regardless, win or lose, or if he won or lost, Jake was never going to get the kind of recognition that he probably deserved in a way. Because if he won... Everyone's going to be like, well, Ben Askren's not a striker, right? So, you know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And if Ben would have beat Jake, it would have been like, well, MMA fighter, dude, he fought a real fighter. He can't fight, you know? It's just the truth, Josh. No, and no, I agree. And that's what happened. It really did. At the end of the day, that's going to happen regardless. Uh, that's what ended up happening, and and, and it's, it, it's ridiculous. As far as my opinion with everybody in the media – and kind of their anger with him and everything. I'm like, you guys you guys are all getting so baited and so trolled right now. You guys don't even understand it, dude. Mm. This guy's not trying to fight real boxers. People are like, i like to see him fight a real boxer next. He needs to fight a real boxer. Big John said it. Josh Thompson said it. A lot of people said it. He's not in this game for that, bro. He's not in this. He's in this to get money. He's in this to get performances. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not trying to achieve a world title. He's not trying to box a real boxer, dude. It's not in his in his real vision plan of everything. Maybe he does at some point, but it's just to win the fight because he knows if win or lose, he's securing himself for a very long time and for people to come in his, you know, in his family and generations, dude. Mm. He, he, he doesn't need to fight a real boxer. He doesn't want to fight a real boxer. Realistically, 
he's hyping you guys up. He's saying all this stuff. But it's just all to bait you into it, and everybody's falling into it. And I'm and I'm in it because I like watching the circus show, dude. And I think it's fun and it's exciting. And and I've been in it since the KSI fight, dude. Uh, before Jake was even part of it, there is no reason he he's not trying to be a real boxer. He's saying he's a real boxer to get the attention. And the people who are out there angry on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and media saying he needs to fight a real boxer are so ignorant to the situation because they don't understand what he's trying to do. Mm. Those are my thoughts. So I'm kind of I'll, – I'll say this much. I disagree with your first point, but I agree with everything else. Um, as far as the part of like him being in a no-win situation, I completely disagree. Um, he's never going to get the credit from the media just because they, they dislike him. But as for, in terms of like the casual audience – he was kind of in a no-lose situation. If oh, he yeah, won, for some people, yeah. For some people, yeah. I mean, yeah. if he won, he beat up a UFC fighter, which if you know jack shit about Ben Askren, it's like, oh, my God, how did he beat a UFC fighter? That's amazing. He must be legit. No. That's just there, counting the There were still some casual people, though, who thought that, Josh. I saw some comments. I saw a lot of comments out there were like, oh, you know, yada, yada, who said that, you know? Yeah. I, so he, he got a lot of people with that. And then also if he yeah. lost, he's going to be, you know, he lost a UFC fighter. The dude's a legit fighter. So I disagree with your first point because I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, I think there's it's it's a uh, weird thing, but but it, it, it's genuinely like that because think about it. It, it you you, gotta, you can't deny it, Josh. It went into the media and the media said he needs to fight a real boxer. It's just a truth. No, I agree. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I agree with that part because he should not be fighting a real boxer if he fights in. Uh huh. That's ridiculous. I mean that that's he's not going to be fighting a real boxer. I don't expect him to. I think you know earlier we gave out three fights. I think next is going to be Dylan Dennis almost for sure. It um, should be. It's his gateway to Connor, dude. Yeah, because also, I mean, let's be honest, uh, Scott Coker, I'm pretty sure he's he's willing to cross over. Oh, um, he's and I don't it. think after Ben Askren got destroyed, I don't think Dane's going to do that. Dane even said he, he'd sue if a fighter tried to fight Jake Paul. That's what he says, dude, but if the money's there, we know Dana will do it. Yeah, but I think well, – here's the thing. For like a real hot, top earner, the only one that would he like – put it like this. The only top earner that Jake would want to fight – would be Connor. Yeah. And but but that makes sense though. The UFC would not not really not right now not now no, not not now because he's building it up, Josh. If he gets another pay per view that's this much, Josh, it's undeniable in a way. To an extent, I agree, but also Jake's thirty pounds bigger than him. Yeah, but Josh, catch weight, Josh. It, you need to understand, Josh. If there's money involved. They will no, no, find no, no, a way. No, I agree, because we're about to talk about a catch weight in a you're, minute. You're, you're trying to think about it too seriously, bro. That's the thing. This isn't serious. No, no, no. I agree. Here's the thing. I, I'm actually kind of – I don't – he's trying to build towards a Conor fight. You know, a fight's way more realistic for him. I think he's going to fight Dylan Danis next. And after that, I think he's going to fight Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> after his brother loses to him? Yeah. Think about that because here's the that's thing. A lot of, that's a lot of money. Yes, you're right. That could happen. That could maybe happen. I don't know. Well, that he one has. He, you know what's crazy though? He's never mentioned that name. That's true. But Floyd's mentioned him. And you yeah. think if Floyd comes to you, yeah. Floyd's mentioned him before because he's he's talking about yeah, like whenever the Logan fight was first canceled, he's like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight Logan. I'm gonna I fight mean, Josh. There's there's no way it happens. There's no reality where this occurs. But if Floyd were to lose, which is literally impossible, what happens? We'll talk to this about earth? that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Okay, good. Well, I guess we could talk about it right now because that fight just got announced for June fifth. And it's not like I really have to do analysis for it, Josh. There's really no point. I'm, I'm yeah, this is one we'll, of, we'll save the analysis for then. The true really analysis. Point, the true analysis then. 
But yeah, Josh, if there's a world where Logan somehow beats Floyd, which I don't know what world that is. I think if we ran this fight a million times, it's it would have to be some freak shit. Like Floyd is injured. He fucking had a stroke mid-fight. <laughs> uh, he tears boy, his ACL. Logan wins via like injury. Yeah, via injury. Yeah, doctor stoppage. You know, something ridiculous. You know, cut. You know, um, trying to think of realistic stuff. Uh, fucking. All I could think of. All I could think of was him winning via injury. Cause the other thing, like, I mean, in a uh, lucky shot, but at the same time, it's like I don't think Logan it's, knows. It's, yeah, he doesn't to, know how to set up or do anything like leverage this. Because he can hit hard as fuck. I'm sure he's he's 210 pounds of, of pure muscle. He's like six fucking three or something. But at the same time, it's like, you know, he's going to be cutting weight. He's probably be dehydrated as hell. He doesn't mm-hmm. really know how to leverage his shots. I'm sure he's powerful, but he doesn't know how to use that power. You know what I mean? No, no, you're right. So, yeah, but in a million years, I could see – this would be one time I could see Logan when he's like via injury – stoppage like ref stoppage because uh, Floyd got cut and it's an exhibition so they're not going to really let you get cut up that much you know I know I know but the thing is another thing that you like dude you're saying Connor but the, or you're saying Floyd but the thing is I don't think he has I feel like he's trying to fight these MMA fighters dude I don't even really think he's trying to fight Floyd think of the Floyd yeah. fight presents itself maybe he'll take it and he'll be like okay time to get the fuck out of here my last fight and we're done you know I don't think it's gonna happen here's my thing is I think Jake you Sam- think if you think if he were to fight Floyd and lose he would fight again because it won't go on his record to be an exhibition. He can get away with it. Uh, you think you try to justify Especially it like that? Especially if he looks even kind of good. I mean, dude, this now we're getting into a lot of a lot of shit, dude. We're getting a lot of shit. The thing it's, is, though, I really do think he's he's building up to that Floyd. And Josh, this is the part where I need to tell you, uh, I have a there's a source out there that you know has that you know I you know I found that has recently informed me that Conor McGregor is in talks with Jake Paul's camp to set up a course. potential fight. You have a source. You're, you're breaking news. Breaking news. Not really. Someone else broke it. But there, there is talks. And along with that, Josh, KSI has been training for boxing. Um, Ooh. True Jordy talked about it on the podcast. He said he's been training for the last couple months in secret. Hasn't said anything, right? We haven't really heard about it. And according to True Jordy, JJ's getting some good fucking work in, like some world-class guys. He couldn't say names, but he said these guys were legit fucking dudes. Top Dude, of the top. All this is uh, fun right now, my man. All this yes. is so uh, fun. And along with that, uh, that source that got in contact with JJ's camp, and the camp said that they're in talks with Jake, as well as that source tried to contact JJ, and JJ would not uh, was not able to contact JJ and ask him directly if this is all true. Okay. All right. So – so yeah, I just away. I just broke that out there for you, Josh. So there you go. Now this just got real juicy, didn't it? Got now real, got real juicy. juicy. Well, let's go and let's, let's dive into this real quickly, okay? So, I think the most likely, okay, let's go, let's go path, right? So, I think next up, regardless, is Dylan Dan's because that's the easiest fight he can take, most likely because of the Bellator connection and Scott Cooper will let it happen. And he has no, a good chance. Dylan, Dylan Danis, not the greatest striker. Um, I think that's the most likely next. I think I'd, I'd give that like a 90% chance of happening. Yeah. Be just by virtue of Connor fight's not there yet. KSI still just getting into training, so on and so forth. Right. Uh-huh. And he has to be prepared because he's not he fighting. Has, yeah. Of course. That I think after that, it's all up in the air. 
Because I think KSI makes a lot of sense, but will he be ready by then? And will Jake want a big league and be like, oh, you know, I've been beating up MMA guys. I don't want to do that. But at the same time, the money, I'm sure, will be there. Oh, yeah, so, the money will be there. But yeah. then what if he wants to fight Connor next because Connor, the, the dance connection? Or does he want to fight Floyd next because Floyd just killed his brother in the ring? Yep. <laughs> Apollo or, Creed style. Or, or, or Logan just killed Floyd in the ring. <laughs> so then they're going to have Logan versus Jake. Dude, they've talked about that. Have I, I, have I mentioned that Have I mentioned that on the podcast? I don't think so, but I've heard. Logan wants it. Jake doesn't. That's they, what I've heard. Uh, well, they, they talked about it on the show, and they're like, it's inevitable. It'll probably happen at some point. That's crazy. Yeah. Which, dude, I mean, that has hype on it, too, in and of itself. I mean, there's a lot of avenues with this shit, dude. I think that's going to be the last fight for them, for those two. Yeah, just close they it out. They have to end it on each other, right? Dude, that'd be a, that's that's sick as fuck, dude. I can't deny it. That's pretty cool. If that's they do dope. Know. I mean, Logan's obviously never he's not as much into the boxing thing. I think he's he's only boxing again because because Floyd and the um, money, bro. The money, dude. The money must be that good. Huge. I mean, Jesus, man. Which we'll talk about that fight in a minute. Just was like mm-hmm. kind of like the weight stuff that's just got announced. But yeah, man, I think Jake, dude, so many different paths that he can go down. I'm I picked Ben. But I was kind of rooting for Jake because I want to see the storyline keep on going, man. I honestly did. Yep. Yep. I get it. So do I. So, you mean, I mean, you broke news on the show. That's huge. Um, uh-huh. Hardest man in boxing, hardest working man in boxing media. Dude, only if. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, is there anything else you want to touch on this trailer show before we go ahead and move on to the last news of the day? No, not at this moment, dude. It, it it it's just like all that insanity that we just brought up and create the amount of news we had there, dude. Like the amount just the amount of just stuff we had to say there and everything that and the possibilities are endless. It just goes to show this isn't ending anytime soon. We're mm. in it for the long run, you know. We're gonna be here for a while. Sure. We're gonna be talking about trailer at least. Well, we know for a fact we're gonna talk about it again because tell Fimo, but yeah, maybe June. maybe two more times in the coming future, you know. For sure, man. For in sure. this I year, mean, in this year, for, without a doubt. For sure. I mean, we're going to talk about him on June 5th, because obviously June 5th, Tia Fimo, Evander Holyfield, Kevin McBride, um, Exhibition, which I have honestly zero interest in, but whatever. That's uh, going to be the co-main. But, dude, competition on that night. Very rarely do you kind of see this happen. Um, normally it's like UFC versus boxing when this happens. But we're going to have two big boxing pay-per-views on that night. Obviously, Tia Fimo on Triller, which is weird because Triller's been doing kind of the free show stuff, but then Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul, like we said, just got announced. That's going to be happening on Showtime. Showtime pay-per-view, and apparently they're looking at Miami, June 5th. Uh, going to be a catch weight at 190, except Floyd's not going to be over 160, uh, but Logan cannot be more than 190. Very, very strange. Um, we don't know the rounds yet. We don't know the price of it yet. We don't know the undercard of it yet. But apparently, it's been moved to June 5th. Um, is there any real interest? Because I know when we first talked about it at the time, um, but now I was Jake. There's there's so many storylines going on there. Is there any real interest for you with this fight? I just want to see what happens, man. That's it. I just want to see what happens. And and the negative realities that exist where he wins, you know, which don't exist, I hope. I'm curious to see what happens, dude. Um if for some god of forsaken reason somehow he managed to pull it out of his ass, it'd be so interesting. It's not gonna happen, but I'm intrigued because you never know. But it's not gonna happen. Well, he is a plus um, two thousand underdog. 
So wait, so what? What is that for every dollar I bet I made two hundred? Uh, yeah. If you put one hundred on Logan, you'd win twenty. You'd win two thousand back. Holy shit! <laughs> That's yeah, what it so is. That's might what it be worth say. it. He's an actual. Jake said he was underdog this past weekend. He he got mad at the media and the post fight thing, which I was there for. Um, he got mad at the media, basically saying that he's underdog. He was actually a, a two to one fave, but um. <laughs> Logan, he's a huge underdog, plus 2,000 uh, for good reason. Um, might be worth it if you were to go throw, throw down a tenner, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, dude, that is just insane, man. I, I want to see what happens. They, they, I'm a little bit interested. I know Logan's going down to Puerto Rico right now for training camp. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just so curious what's going to happen on that night, too, like him walking out and – What's going to happen? And then if Floyd calls out anybody or anything, you know, just because, why the fuck not, you know? Yeah, and I got I to gotta ask this just because they're going against one another. Let's say hypothetically both shows are $50. Which one are you going to buy? You have the, you have the 50 you, Somebody puts. Oh, dude, up. I'd buy Triller, dude. I'd buy the Triller. Really? Yes. You know what? I... You're you're not the uh you're not the, you're not the man like I am. I'm I'm buying the freak show ten times out of ten. I mean I did I did think about it. Probably would too, maybe. I don't know. You know, Josh, regardless, I'm going to my local Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm going to my local <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings, regardless on that night, on a glorious June fifth Saturday night. I'm gonna be going to my local Buffalo Wild Wings. Out of curiosity, my birthday, I'll get to see Logan Paul pull the biggest upset of all time. <laughs> <laughs> out of curiosity, what card is on that night for the UFC? UFC is the 105th. Hold on, mm-hmm. I think there is. Wait, uh, that would be. Oh man, I'm trying to see. Uh, maybe they don't have an event announced yet. Oh, dude, they they're just throwing in the towel. They're throwing in the towel. Uh huh. Yarzino versus Augusto Sakai is the main event. At, at this moment. <laughs> no, no, that no, that's already been announced. A uh, Komei? No, that's the main event. There are, what is the co-main, though, if there is oh, one? Uh, uh, Tabura Walt-Harris. And I hope that changes, bro. Yeah, they did throw in the towel. They're like, yeah, we got no chance. We got no chance. I mean, it's two. It's one. It's literally the biggest boxer of all time. Um, Floyd taking on, I mean, YouTuber, big name. Mm-hmm. His brother just came off a big win, which half the people still get the pulse confused. Um, yes. So that's going to be big. Um, half the people think he's coming off winner for Penn Ashkin. And then obviously, um, I'm not sure if you can call him. I mean, pound for pound, number three. I mean, you could put him in the top three. I'd put him. Um, Tiafimo defending his belts for the first time. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually unification, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and then also Evander Holyfield. So, fuck, man. Dude, the, the the amount of combat going on on boxing that night is crazy. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Um, dude, that's going to be an insane night. I can't wait to watch Augustus Sakai versus CRC. <laughs> Dude, I'm a little sad because that card has a couple names that I like. Yeah, same here. I'm, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing at at the Buffalo Wild Wings three screens. Yeah, maybe more. Maybe more. Who knows? Oh God, dude. Bellator was like, we're gonna have Fedor come back on that night. This, I just I don't think Bellator has an event. <laughs> they don't. Yet. They don't. I, Thank, thankfully, gonna, right? They're gonna take that June fourth date and be happy with it. Can, can you imagine if they had a, a day that they could have Fedor The balls. Can, can you imagine just the balls? Because they're on Showtime, too, so they'd just be like – They're going to have Fedor and Krokop, dude. <laughs> they're going to rematch. Oh, God. 
they're or no, they're gonna announce that they signed Stipe and Stipe is gonna fight Fedor for the heavyweight title. They're gonna vacate it away from Vader. That'd be incredible. Or or Henry's gonna kind of kind of come out of retirement on that day and he's announcing he's fighting Volk. He's gonna be he's gonna be C four. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. Oh man, that's 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 hilarious. But yeah, man. Uh, so June fifth can be a fun night for combat. Um. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for this card this Saturday night. Is there anything else you want to say to, to the fans before we close out? Uh, nothing specifically. I mean, just really excited for this pay-per-view tonight. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of new eyes because of, you know, the content we kind of been putting out there. And hopefully, if you aren't already following, subscribed, or, you know, something, you know, keep, keep in touch, man. Keep following and uh, stay active because uh, we have a lot of good stuff coming. Yeah, for sure, guys. Go ahead and make sure to smash that like button. Uh, smash that subscribe button as well. Um, no, jokes aside, though, we do appreciate all the support we get. Um, I don't want to be a douche to you, though. Um, but go ahead and subscribe if you guys want to. I uh, appreciate all the support we've been getting, obviously, with a lot of the media stuff. Shout out Triller uh, for letting us hang out last week in that insane card. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's it's been a lot of fun lately. At Quartet Sound 1 on Twitter, I'm at Josh Shovenoff. He's at NHK underscore 01. If you guys enjoyed the show, peace and butt grease. Mouse click. There we go. That was a good one.